1: fly ball, crushed, left field, way back on its way, gone! Home run, Trey Turner! Swing and a high fly ball, drilled right field, that one back, and that one is gone! Schwarber will touch them all! Swing and a high drive, right center field, on its way, that ball is gone! Schwarber has gone deep again! Swing and a line drive, that's gonna roll, it'll score two. Turner is in, stop on his heels. Rio Muto into second. It's a two-run double. First one to Marsh, swing and a base hit inside the bag at third. Around third and in to score Rio Muto. Marsh is into second, it's an RBI double. Swing and a ball drilled out towards left center field. That's well struck, and that's gonna score two. Coming in is Schwarber, Harper on his heels. Bohm is into second. Three, two in their ball game and the phillies win it 10-0 the final and the phillies are up two games to none in this national league championship series and that should do it
2: the swinging philadelphia phillies drop a 10 spot on the d-backs take a 2-0 lead in the nlcs yes. what's up everybody happy wednesday morning it is the Waterboy, marcus boucher back with overnight dave behind the glass Taking you up to 6 a.m. this morning, the start of the Murphy Mag show and taking a look at last night's postseason action out in Philadelphia, where once again, the Phillies hit multiple home runs, three more to add on to their 19 total bombs this postseason. And guess what, folks? 15 of those home runs have come in the last four games. They're absolutely demolishing the ball right now, setting postseason records. Fifteen home runs in four blanking games. We saw Bryce Harper do it on his birthday. We saw Kyle Schwarber in game one have a leadoff home run on the first pitch that he saw against Zach Allen. Well, there was Schwarber again yesterday. In the third inning and in the sixth inning, doubling down with a couple of Schwarber bombs. And pretty much, that was the ball game. Because the Arizona Diamondbacks were shut out. Didn't score a single run. So as much as we talk about the bats from the Philadelphia Phillies, how about the pitching performances that they've got so far this postseason? Whether it's Zach Wheeler, the man that we've been talking about in that dreaded 12-year deal that was made for Carlos Beltran, shipping him out of San Francisco, or a guy like Aaron Nola, who just continues to deal six innings pitched last night, seven strikeouts, and no walks. Kids, what do we say every morning on the leadoff spot? No free 90s. Well, the Philadelphia Phillies have been absolutely fantastic at not giving up free passes, which is huge against a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks who want to get on base in steal bags. I heard on the postgame show last night, the Phillies pitching staff this year has like over 50 strikeouts so far in the postseason and only four walks. They're allowing less than one walk per game. That right there is fantastic. And then you pair that with this offense with guys like Nick Cassianos, who has five home runs this postseason. Bryce Harper's got four of them. Kosh Warber's now up to three. Trey Turner, the man that's quietly hitting over 500 this postseason, has three home runs. Hell, JT Ramuda, the guy that we talk about being the best catcher in the bigs. The guy that sets the golden standard offensively and defensive st- defensively for guys like Patrick Bailey. He's got two bombs. Bryson Stott. Everything's going to be A-O-A-OK when he walks up to the plate. He's gone deep. Even Brandon Marsh has gotten deep. I mean, this is a Philadelphia Phillies team that I was talking with Murphy Mack Mac about last week that just kind of seems like it's the team of destiny this year. A team that's on track to win it all with the pitching that they're getting right now, with the run support, with Rob Thompson pressing all the right buttons, and a team that has that experience of making it all the way to the World Series last year. What do they do in the offseason? They go and add a guy like Trey Turner. We've seen how big of an impact he's had this season. Even after the Philadelphia Philly fans gave him a standing ovation when he was struggling in the first half of the year. And that's a, a pretty cool story that I've mentioned a few times this postseason. Because everybody talks about the hooligans that are the Philadelphia fans. Whether they're rooting for the Eagles, the Sixers, or of course, they're Philadelphia Phillies. This is a passionate fan base. They're the same fan base that threw batteries at Santa Claus on Christmas. But they're also the same fan base that realized that Trey Turner was struggling. And all of a sudden, they'd like turn into like the Grinch at the end of the movie where their heart grew three sizes that day. Next thing you know, Trey Turner is having an all-star season. Looking like the Trey Turner that we saw earlier this year in the World Baseball Classic. And the fans truly embrace him in Philadelphia. But it's funny that I actually mentioned the World Baseball Classic because that might have got the Philly fans going last night when Merrill Kelly came out pregame and was asked about the environment out in Philadelphia, the same environment that has yet to see the Phillies lose a home game this postseason. And before the game, he stated, I haven't heard this place on the field while pitching, but I'd be very surprised if it trumped the Venezuela game down in Miami. Of course, talking about the World Baseball Classic, pitching for Team USA, well, guess what? the Philly fans absolutely lost their mind. And you could hear them booing and cheering the entire game. And Merrill Kelly really did not have too much success. Went five and two-thirds, four earned runs, six Ks, but all the damage was done with the solo shots. With Turner, Schwarber, Schwarber. And then after that, the the, the, the runs just started to pile on. J2 Ramuda had an RBI double. Brandon Marsh had an RBI double. Alec Bond, it seemed like everybody was getting RBI doubles. And then it got to the point where the Arizona Diamondbacks were... Screwing up defensively and dropping fly balls in the infield not a great look for our guy Evan Longoria Of course former giant always want to give him a shout out But overall last night was all about the Philadelphia Phillies. They're now up two nothing. They'll take one day off before going to Arizona But the way that this is headed right now It seems like in a few days we might be seeing Bryce Harper having a pool party out in the outfield celebrating in Arizona I don't know how much of a chance you really give the D-backs after losing Game 1 and Game 2 with Zach Allen and Mel Kelly, your two best pitchers. Brandon Fott's going to be going Game 3, but uh, I don't know. I just don't really give him too much realistic chances, but who knows? Anything can happen in baseball. So maybe today will be the beginning of the comeback for a team like the Houston Astros who are down 2-0, the Bruce Bochy and the Texas Rangers. But Bochy's getting a little bit of reinforcement today as Max Scherzer is making his return to the bump. The fact that Bruce Bochi has gone back to the ALCS with A, without Jacob deGrom, with B, without Max Scherzer. Hell, you can even throw a C on the list with John Gray not being on the active roster. Well, John Gray and Max Scherzer both got added to the ALCS roster. It's going to be old. One blue eye, one brown eye facing off against Christian Javier today. That game's at 5 o'clock. Looking forward to some midweek baseball, but also looking forward to getting over the hump day. From week six of the NFL season, to week seven, because of course the 49ers will not be playing this weekend. They have a Monday night matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. So today I did want to take a look at the rest of the NFL week seven schedule. I know on Friday we usually do Bobby Boucher's best bets. Hell, today we might do a Waterboys Wednesday water cooler picks and take a look at the money line picks for all the games in week seven of the NFL season, and of course start getting you ready for that 49er matchup against the Vikings and Kirk Cousin on Monday night. With some huge, huge injury news on the 49ers. Talking about Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Trent Williams. Also got some injury news on Dre Greenlaw. Now the 49ers did not practice yesterday. They are not practicing today. They'll be back on the practice field tomorrow with everything kind of being pushed back with this Monday night schedule. They're scheduled to then fly out to Minnesota on Saturday. Not doing the Youngstown trip this this year. Something I found interesting, something that they've had success doing in previous seasons. Well, they brought everybody home to rehab. They'll get a couple more days off. And hey, maybe there's a the real possibility of all three, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Trent Williams being available to play Monday night. Some really good news out of Levi Stadium yesterday. So we'll get you a couple injury updates from Adam Schefter talking about Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Trent Williams, of course. But we have also got injury updates this morning for you on Draymond Green. That's right. Welcome back to the Warriors Invitational. Welcome back to the Warriors Invitational, baby. We are six days away from the start of the Warriors season. Next Tuesday night, Kevin Durant is coming to town. For the first time ever at Chase Center with fans in the building. Seems like it's been forever since Kevin Durant left. But, hey, maybe they'll finally unveil that statue that he's been waiting for outside of Chase Center.
3: (laughs) Does it really matter?
2: Don't know if KD's getting that statue yet, but... The only thing that does matter is he's showing up in that Phoenix orange with Bradley Bill now on the roster with Devin Booker. Son's one of the favorites to win the Western Conference. Denver Nuggets still number one, but there are your Golden State Warriors with the top three, top four, top five favorites to win the Western Conference Finals. So we're start gearing up our Golden State Warriors take and talk about the possibility of maybe having the Warriors on opening night without Draymond Green because we know that he dealt with an ankle injury during the, The preseason, not even before the preseason started, it was like during a practice game scrimmage with the Dubs while Chris Paul's out there running in blue and gold for the first time. Draymond actually tweaked his ankle, suffered a a left ankle sprain, and he has missed the first three preseason games. The plan is that he will miss the final two preseason games, and the Warriors will update his status this Sunday. So we'll get a Draymond Green update for you. Probably next Monday morning. And, hell, I'm still waiting for the Draymond Green podcast to make its return.
3: you going to get this podcast.
2: That's something that's kind of shocked me over the summer, especially with the addition of Chris Paul. We haven't heard from Draymond in what seems like months. Not since last year during the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals when he was doing podcasts about his bro- boy LeBron James. But eventually, he'll be facing off against LeBron. He'll be facing off against Kevin Durant. The only question is when. And I guess the question is, what are the Warriors going to look like this year after adding Chris Paul to the roster and getting rid of Jordan Poole? Might be time to take this soundbite off my soundboard. It's
3: a pool party! But who
2: knows? Like I said earlier, maybe it'll be a pool party for Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies if they keep on winning. They're headed out to Arizona tomorrow. Bruce Bochy and the boys are hosting only their second postseason game this season. Hell, only the second postseason game in Texas Rangers ballpark history. New ballpark. They hosted the uh, 2020 World Series, the pandemic year. But the Rangers are back in the playoffs. And Bruce Bochy's been getting it done on the road. Today, he's back in Arlington, Texas, with Max Scherzer on the mound. And boy, oh boy, can I not wait. But I also can't wait for week seven of the NFL season. So let's hop into some 49er talk on the other side. Give you an injury update on all those superstars from the 49ers. And maybe get a word of advice from Aaron Rodgers. If Christian McCaffrey can use his mind... To help heal his body. Shout out to his ayahuasca trips. I'm sure that's going to help him out as well. We got injury updates for you on the other side. I'm going some, to San Fran. Talking some 49er football on KNBR 104.5 FM at 680 AM. The Sports Leader.
0: What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real. Because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen.
5: Maybe the best offensive lineman in the game, Laura, he left the game briefly, came back in, and was spotted after the game in a walking booties, having tests today to determine how much damage there is to that foot, that ankle injury that he suffered during the game. That would be a massive blow to the 49ers if he were unable to play a week from tonight against the Minnesota Vikings. And there are questions about the availability of wide receiver Debo Samuel, who left early in the game after suffering a shoulder injury. Quite an eventful day for Debo Samuel. Pre-game skirmish, then hurts his shoulder on this play. Obviously, we'll have tests there to see whether or not he'll be back in time for next Monday night as well. And Christian McCaffrey... The running back who had been in contention for the most valuable player award suffered an oblique injury. Also getting tested to see whether or not he will miss any time. But it's got to be disconcerting when you see a running back stretching out there on the sideline. Obviously not able to come back into the game. Came back briefly but then left. So some major question marks for a team that lost its first game of the season yesterday.
3: You found the leadoff spot with your host, the water boy, Marcus Boucher. You can do it. Okay, I see you, Boucher. On KNBR 104.5 and 680, the sports leader. Adam Schefter earlier
2: this week talking about the injuries to Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel after the 49ers lost their first game of the year against the Cleveland Browns. Probably more importantly than that loss to Cleveland is the injury status of those three players. And hell, I'll throw in a fourth, Dre Greenlaw, who is expected to be back at practice tomorrow when the 49ers start prepping for their Monday night matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. We all saw how much this 49er defense struggled against the run this past weekend without Dre Greenlaw. So it's going to be nice to get number 57 back in the middle against next to number 54 Fred Warner. Of course, the best linebacker duo in the league should be back in action on Monday night against a Vikings team that really doesn't run the ball too well with Alexander Madison and Cam Akers. We'll start breaking down those matchups as we get closer and closer to Monday. But since it is a Wednesday, I felt like we should give you an injury update. And as I mentioned, that sound was from earlier this week. And since that injuries happened on Sunday, there has been some questions about the availability of all three of these guys. Now, Trent Williams was a little different because after getting his ankle rolled up, we saw him return to the game. We saw him go one-on-one with Miles Garrett for the majority of the game. And even though Myles Garrett did get a bunch of pressure, almost stripped Brock Purdy on that interception, we saw him actually hold his own and not give up a sack to Myles Garrett. So that right there is positive news. Now, the negative news is that he also left the game and went to the podium with a boot on his ankle. Now, that just could be for precautionary measures, but it seems to me that Trent Williams would have a chance to play on Monday night. Debo Samuel left the game after the first drive, after a shoulder injury after the initial end around to start the game against the Cleveland Browns. After that, he kind of lost feeling in his shoulder. They decided to take him to the blue tank. Next, you know he's in the locker room, but it's also sounding like he might be available for Monday night. Next, we get to number 23. Christian McCaffrey, who we saw go in and out of the game on Sunday, stretching out those ribs slash oblique on the sideline. I don't know how you really stretch out your ribs, but you know what I'm talking about. It's that general area down the side of his body. We saw him go into the game. We also saw him run straight to the locker room. So it didn't seem like it was affecting him too much from a just kind of pain tolerance standpoint when he's not moving. But when he gets hit, it's obviously an entire different story. And that's kind of the updates that we got yesterday from both Adam Schefter and Matt Mayoko. And I guess we'll start with the Adam Schefter quote that, of course, he put out on Twitter yesterday where he said none of the injuries to the 49ers standouts, McCaffrey, Debo, and Trent Williams are considered long-term and each has a chance to be ready for the Monday night game at Minnesota. Of course, depending on how much work they get at practice this week, and again, Forty 49 practice schedule has been pushed back since the Monday night game, so we won't get those practice reports until tomorrow. But I also wanted to check in with our guy Matt Mayoko, who tweeted out, as I understand it, Christian McCaffrey's injury is more of a pain tolerance thing, and the extra day helps. At this point, it's not another question that McCaffrey, Debo, and Trent Williams can all be available for Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings, which, again, led to the questions that we were asking yesterday, if the 49ers should rest Christian McCaffrey – Not only this week in Minnesota, but maybe even next week in Cincinnati before the bye week. Because that would give a a, a situation where you're looking at three weeks to nearly a month where Christian McCaffrey can get healthy and, and recover. Now, I know a lot of people want Christian McCaffrey on the field, especially if you have him on your fantasy football team. But we're not talking about fantasies. We're talking about reality. And really, the only fantasy that 49er fans should be thinking about this year is winning that Super Bowl trophy. Now, the question is... What's more important, Christian McCaffrey in Week 6, 7, and 8 or Christian McCaffrey down the playoff stretch as you're trying to make it out to Las Vegas to play for the Super Bowl? And I know everybody's thinking about that number one spot, getting a bye week, getting a home field advantage. You're currently tied with teams like the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions who are both 5-1. and one. But to me, it's more important to have Christian McCaffrey healthy in January than trying to get a win or two with or without him in the middle of November. Now, again, we're not even in November. We're still in October. So that makes my argument even better. I would probably play it safe. I would put Christian McCaffrey in bubble wrap, and I would make sure that he is healthy for the postseason run. Now, sitting him out the next couple weeks doesn't guarantee that he will be healthy, but I I think it increases the chances of him not further injuring those ribs slash obliques and having this injury linger on throughout the season into the postseason. But again, it's kind of hard to determine all this because this is all based off speculation, whether we are talking about his pain tolerance or talking about whether or not there is actually something wrong. Shout out to Brock Purdy last year going into Seattle on Thursday Night Football with a pair of broken ribs. Everybody's like, yeah, he's dealing with something, you know, kind of similar to Christian McCaffrey. Then he broke the news to us during training camp this year. It's like, yeah, I actually had a broken rib. I had to go play through it. And I know Kyle Shanahan was asked about if they can protect Christian McCaffrey like you protect Brock Purdy. Well, it's a little different. As a quarterback, you can drop back, take a two, three-step drop, and get the ball out of your hands in less than two, three seconds. If you're giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey, he's going to have the ball longer than two, three seconds because he's going to be trying to break downfield, make guys miss, and, of course, get hit from all different angles. But this all leads back to what the actual injury diagnosis is, which we don't have a clear answer on. And if you're asking Adam Schefter, he doesn't know either because this is some sound that we played yesterday on the Murphy Matt show of him calling Christian McCaffrey a military operative because of how close to the chest he likes to keep these injury reports and how maybe
5: we won't know what the specific injury is even by this Monday night against the Vikings. It's not that they're being discreet. It's that that's the way that Christian McCaffrey operates with injuries. He's like a military operative that doesn't ever want to share anything and doesn't want anyone to know anything about what's wrong with him. So it's going to be difficult to tell. Look, we know he's dealing with an oblique. I'm going to guess. That he's going to see some specialists today. I don't think that he or they know right now whether he'll miss a game, two games, any games at all. I think they're trying to figure out exactly what that oblique injury is right now. And again, that, that's part of the problem on some of these injuries. Is you know everybody says they're okay, and then they're not once they get the MRI or they go me to sp- it. Early injury updates to me, you know, it's it's a, it's a little premature on these things. Let's wait till. We get some more clarity, and then can figure out what's wrong with them. Christian McCaffrey, again, I think will be seeing some people today to figure out if and how much time he'll be missing due to this oblique injury. And yes, he will, as he always has, guard these things with his life because he doesn't want anyone to know anything about his body and where to target anything.
2: Well, it sounds like to me that Adam Schefter is not in Chris McCaffrey's inner circle. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he's guarding this information with his life, Dave. It's life or death. And again, I don't know if it is that serious. I know there's a theory out there that McCaffrey doesn't want to leak these injury reports because he doesn't want other teams to target that area of his body. But if I'm watching a game on, this, uh, on Sunday from my couch and seeing him stretch out. Military operatives. If we already know that the area he's talking about is his ribs or oblique. And we're just going to lay out the fact that he's a running back in the NFL. He's going to get hit right there anyways. That's really the only place you're allowed to hit an NFL player these days. you got to hit him straight in the strike zone. Can't go too high. Can't go too low. And, again, I don't know if teams are targeting Christian McCaffrey. It's football. Everybody's trying to hurt each other. Military operative. Everybody's trying to hit each other. I don't know if other teams have military operatives out to get Christian McCaffrey, but it has resulted in injuries in his past. And that's why, again, I just think, in my opinion, I think the 49ers should play it safe here. I think maybe you should rest them. I think this team is good enough to win without Christian McCaffrey. To beat a Minnesota Vikings team that, oh, by the way, is missing their best offensive player, Justin Jefferson, has a, a has a running back core, which, again, I don't know if they've even broken a single tackle so far this year. I know that was a stat flying around a week or two ago. Sorry, I'm not keeping up on my Minnesota Viking ball. I can tell you I've been keeping up with Kirk Cousins' career record on primetime games, and it ain't good. So I'll tell you right now, I'm picking the 49ers with or without Christian McCaffrey. And because of the injury news with Debo Samuel sounding even less serious than Christian, of course we know Debo can do some of the things that CMC cannot do. Now again, with that shoulder injury, is it wise to put him in the backfield? But even if you don't want to do that, I would expect a heavier dose of Elijah Mitchell this week. He didn't practice last week until Thursday, so I think that's a big reason why Jordan Mason actually... Got most of the second-team reps, but I think it's going to be a nice, heavy dosage of Elijah Mitchell and J.P. Mason maybe taking over the goal-line carries. That's probably the best strategy for this rushing game with the 49ers this weekend. And if Trent Williams is out there, we all know how much of an impact he has, not only in the rushing game, but also blocking in the passing game. And maybe that was one of the biggest scares this past weekend, watching Trent go down, was A, the injury status of Trent, and B, the fact that we were going to see Jalen Moore go one-on-one with Miles Garrett which is a matchup that nobody wanted to see. Now, luckily for the 49ers, they're not squaring off against Miles Garrett this weekend. They're not facing off against T.J. Watt. You know who they are facing off against, though? Daniel Hunter, the man that currently is tied for the lead in sacks in the NFL. He's got eight of them this year. So while we don't think of the Minnesota Vikings as the purple people eaters, they still have some talent on this offense. And if Trent is not available to go, then that's a huge plus for Danil Hunter and that Vikings defense. But it sounds like Trent should be good. sounds like Devo should be good. We'll keep you updated on Christian McCaffrey. And if he's going to be available on Monday night or if he's going to use his power of his mind to maybe heal his body because that was the other NFL injury storyline going around yesterday was the man out of Butte College, out of Berkeley College, the man that used to reside here in the Bay Area. But if you ask him today, or earlier this offseason. He'll tell you where he's not going, Dave.
6: Not going to San Francisco.
2: Yeah, he's not in San Francisco. Ended up going to New York slash New Jersey. Playing out in MetLife on that turf that almost took down Garrett Wilson last week. I mean, come on. What are the Jets and the Giants doing? You want to talk about cheap NFL owners. You literally share a stadium. You have two owners to split the cost of grass. And you can't put in real grass. You have turf out there. And we've seen the long list of all the injuries that have happened out there. Going back to Nick Bosa and Jimmy Garoppolo and all the guys from the 49ers. It's a long list of Jets players who have got hurt on that field also. But I'm digressing because we saw Aaron Rodgers get hurt on that field. What was it, Monday night when he ran out with the American flag? And then like the first series of the game, he went down with an Achilles injury. Well, he's been making big news because he's back walking on the field. Still has crutches. But the fact that he's back walking already has got some people thinking about the possibility of him maybe making a comeback this season. And with the Jets currently 3-3 and right now, this is a Jets defense that we talked about before the season as being one of the best defenses in the league. Look what happened in their week one matchup when Rodgers went down and they still beat the Buffalo Bills, causing three turnovers from Josh Allen. Look at his past weekend. What was it, two or three interceptions from uh, Jalen Hurts as the Jets beat the Philadelphia Eagles for the first time in franchise history. So maybe with the Jets playing 500 average ball, maybe Aaron Rodgers will make a comeback, and maybe he'll be back sooner rather than later because of the power of his mind. That's what he told Pat McAfee yesterday. I'll let you hear it for yourself. Here's number eight out in New York, Aaron Rodgers, talking about the power of the mind, if it can help his Achilles injury, and maybe if this is some information that he can pass along to Christian McCaffrey.
6: I felt great. You know, I really felt great. I had uh, just a little bit of a limp. I'm just not quite walking perfectly normal, but throwing feels great. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of uh, different stuff here in the uh, in the rehab gym around weight transfer and movement, uh, just in a smaller area, mostly just like transferring weight from a right foot to a left foot, left foot to a right foot. Left foot, you know, that's where the surgery is. So that's the plant leg. Probably better in the short and the long term that it's not the push off foot, the back of the drop. Um, obviously, left foot's an important part of the punch step and the drop. And and obviously it's the plant foot, but I think it's a little easier to uh, than maybe if it was the back foot and pushing off it every single time. So standing and and throwing is not a problem. Moving in a smaller area was not a problem.
2: Look, I get when people say it's mind over matter. If you think it, you can believe it, you can achieve it. All that self-help book nonsense or whatever that's thrown out there. Hey, if it helps you, it helps you. But I don't know how much just thinking you're going to get healthy is going to help Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I can tell you, when I had Tommy John surgery, I thought about my elbow being healthy all the time. Guess what? I never really got back to it. Maybe Brock Purdy. That's why he made such a quick comeback this offseason from his internal brain surgery. Maybe because of the power of the mind. They do call him, you know, Big Brain Purdy. (laughs) That's because Papa's not allowed to talk about the other thing that they call him. But, hey, I digress. Maybe the power of the mind will help Aaron Rodgers make his return to the New York Jets. Maybe it will help Christian McCaffrey return as soon as Monday night. Again, my take. I don't know if I'm by myself on this one. I would hold him out. I don't think the 49ers need him to win against this Vikings team. They're a seven-point favorite. And as I told you earlier in the week, if you are looking to bet on the 49ers, maybe wait for some of that injury news because if Christian McCaffrey does get rolled out, that spread might drop down to six or five and a half points. Much, much better value for your San Francisco 49ers and, of course, for Bobby Boucher's best bet. But the 49ers did not cover last week. Hell, they did not win. They're one of the few games that I actually did not pick right on the money line. So on the other side, how about we take a look ahead to Week uh, week 7 of the NFL season and maybe give you some picks from every single game and maybe win you some money, get you some early Bobby Boucher best bets. We'll take a look at the Week 7 NFL schedule. On the other side, it's the waterboy Marcus Boucher on KMBR 104.5 FM and 680 AM.
3: The Sports Leader. You found the leadoff spot with your host, The Water Boy. Hey, Kershaw! <laughs> the Dodgers! Marcus Boucher on KNBR 104.5 and 680, the sports leader. All right. Welcome back to the leadoff spot on a Wednesday
2: morning. It is Marcus, the Waterboy Boucher, a.k.a. Bobby Boucher back, breaking down some NFL injury news, of course, with Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, and Debo Samuel getting you ready for the 49ers week seven matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Spent a lot of time this morning in the first segment talking about the NLCS, the Phillies dropping bombs left and right, 10 runs last night against the D-backs, going up 2-0 before they go out to Arizona for a chance to get a pool party going, all before today's Game 3 matchup between Max Scherzer and the Texas Rangers taking on Christian Javier and the Houston Astros. But since today is a Wednesday, since it is hump day, I thought we would get over the hump this morning and start talking about week 7 of the NFL season because we always do our Bobby Boucher's best bets on Friday morning but i feel like we don't give enough attention to each and every game on the national football schedule and with baseball season now coming to an end and with me winning some money in my weekly pick 'em pool i thought why not give out some extra picks on a wednesday morning i just told you last segment i'm picking The San Francisco 49ers with or without Christian McCaffrey against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. So we don't really got to get too far into that game. But if you want to get into each and every game this week, next week, and for the next couple weeks, let me know. This is a segment I've been kicking around. Maybe we call it Water Boys Wednesday Water Cooler Picks. I don't know if it's quite the alliteration of a Bobby Boucher's best bets, but I'll tell you one thing. It's been getting winners left and right. Last week we had 15 total games. The Waterboy went 13-2. and two. I gave a shout-out to that Monday night matchup between the Cowboys and the Chargers. I ended up being, being in first place out of over 170 people. And guess what? Out of those 170 people, I'm in first place overall in the entire pick'em pool. So I thought, why not give out some of these picks to the people? So, Dave, that's what we're going to do this morning. It's kind of skipping over the Vikings and the 49ers. They play Monday night. But why not just start at the top of the list with our Thursday night game tomorrow night between the New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Dave, I got to admit, I haven't been too impressed by Derek Carr in the New Orleans Saints so far. I picked him to win the NFC South. And it's all right, Dave. Ads pop up. I understand. We're workshopping this bit. We'll get the music bit back in a little bit. There it is. Tribe Called Quest. Electric relaxation. Well, I'm saying I'm going to relax picking the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night against the Saints. Shout-out to Murph and his fantasy football team. He's kind of been criticizing Trevor Lawrence so far this year because he's not putting up big fantasy points. But the guy's thrown seven touchdowns, two interceptions. The Jacksonville Jaguars are 4-2 and on the season. Took down the Buffalo Bills a couple weeks in London. I like them on Thursday night. Defense is playing well. Shout-out to Josh Allen, the defensive end, not the quarterback. I'll take the Jags on Thursday night. And that's actually a game where the Jags are an underdog. Saints are a one-point favorite, so maybe that will be one of our Bobby Boucher's best bets tomorrow as the Jags go into New Orleans as an underdog pick. Then, if we're going to stick in the NFC South, we've got a matchup between the Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And last week, I was all over the Washington Commanders because of their rush defense, because of their front seven, because of Atlanta's inability to throw the ball with Desmond Ritter. Well, that's the same strategy I'm going with this weekend. I'm going with that Tampa Bay front seven. Shout out to Vita Vea out of Milpitas High School. Played against him when he was a freshman. Was absolutely a monster. And this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is still good enough to get the job done. They're currently sitting with a 3-2 and record. So we're going with the Bucs over the Atlanta Falcons. Then we'll take a trip up to the AFC North. Or excuse me, the AFC East. Where we have the Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots. And you don't got to spend too much time talking about this game. We all saw how dog water Matt Jones and the New England Patriots were last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Hell, they're the only team in the NFL that has not scored 20 points. Dave, that's because the Raiders scored 21 last week. Max Crosby with the safety to cover the spread and put the Raiders above the threshold. I don't think the Patriots are going to have any chance this weekend against the Buffalo Bills. That's probably going to be one of your bigger spreads of the week. Then we stay in the AFC and we look at a matchup between the Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts. The same Browns defense that we saw last week. A Browns team that we saw win without Deshaun Watson. Now there's no guarantee that Deshaun Watson will be back this week. And it also sounds like there's no guarantee that we'll see Anthony Richardson again this season. The rookie out of Florida. The guy that kind of took the league by storm the first couple weeks. But also a guy that got injured in like four out of the five games that he played Anthony Richardson. Now dealing with a shoulder injury, serious consideration to shut down for the remainder of the season. That means it's going to be Gardner Minshew leading a Colts offense that did get Jonathan Taylor back. But I think this Browns defense is going to put on a similar performance. What we saw against the 49ers. I'll take the Browns in this matchup. And then one of the biggest matchups of the week is the Detroit lions taking on the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And I got to say, since we're talking so much about the Detroit Lions being 5-1, and one, take a look at their schedule. If we're talking about who's going to be the first seed in the NFC, if we're talking about who's going to get that bye week, who's going to have home field advantage, maybe the Super Bowl is going to have to go through Detroit because if you compare their schedule to the 49ers and compare it to the Eagles, it's a cakewalk. And the Baltimore Ravens are probably the best team that the Lions are going to play over the next 7-8 to eight week stretch. So this weekend, I'm actually going with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going with Lamar Jackson. I thought he's looked improved this year as a passer in that Todd Munkin offense. And the Detroit Lions right now are dealing with a few injuries. David Montgomery rolled out for this weekend with an ankle injury. Not sure the playing status of Jameer Gibbs. Even if he's back, I still think that Jared Goff is going to struggle a little bit against his Baltimore Ravens defense that I feel like doesn't get the love that it deserves. We talk all the time about Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. Look no further than maybe Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen as maybe the second or third best linebacker duo in the NFL. I like the Ravens this week and over the Lions to help out the 49ers. And yeah, shout out that Christmas Day matchup of the 49ers against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens also. Moving on to our next game, Dave. It's the Raiders versus the Chicago Bears. And this might be another situation where it's the battle of the backup quarterbacks because Justin Fields is ruled out for this weekend's game. I don't even know who the hell the backup quarterback is. Some guy that they kept on the roster over P.J. Walker, but I don't think they're going to have success this weekend against a Raiders defense that has been playing surprisingly well this year. That, of course, is led by our guy Max Crosby playing like an absolute monster. And the good news is... Well, it depends on how you look at it. Jimmy Garoppolo could be back this week. Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport both said that he avoided major injury. Of course, he had to leave at halftime last week to go to the hospital dealing with a back injury. Six weeks into the season, Jimmy's already dealt with two or three different injuries. But, hey, the Raiders are 3-3, three and three, Dave, and I expect them to go to 4-3 and three this weekend against the Chicago Bears. I like Vegas this week on the road out in Chicago. Coming up next, we got an NFC East matchup between the Washington Commanders and the New York Football Giants. And I feel like we don't got to spend much time on this game because nobody wants to watch this game. The New York Giants have been terrible offensively. Even last week without Daniel Jones, I actually put up a better effort with Tyrod Taylor against the Buffalo Bills. But I'm still not buying the New York Giants. Last week, I took the Washington defense to get the win against Atlanta I think we're maybe looking at the same scenario here where that front seven with Chase Young slows down Saquon Barkley. I'll take the Washington football team to get the dub over the New York Giants this weekend. Then let's look at the NFC West, where we have a matchup between the Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. And the Cardinals were a cute story for the first couple weeks of the season. Beat the Dallas Cowboys. Had a competitive game against the New York Giants. But over the last couple weeks, they've kind of fallen back to earth. And last week... Yes, they took a lead in the first quarter against the L.A. Rams. The Rams ended up winning, covering that seven-point spread. I think that kind of magic out in uh, Arizona is running out a little bit. I'll take the Seattle Seahawks over the AZ Cardinals. Seahawks looking to bounce back from that loss against the Cincinnati Bengals. They're now 3-2 and on the season, sitting in that NFC playoff picture. I think the Hawks will be in there, and I think they win this weekend against the Cardinals. Speaking of the Rams, they've got a matchup this weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers. A Steelers team that's coming off a bye week. A Steelers team that has a 3-2 and record. But a Steelers team that really hasn't impressed offensively. Kenny Pickett's only thrown more than one touchdown in his career. It was against the Las Vegas Raiders. I think the Rams have surprised some people this year of how well they have played. Hell, I was one of the guys that said they were going to fall off a map. But Matthew Stafford is back on the map. His elbows back on the map. Cooper Cup is back on the map. And now with Puka Nakua, this is an offense that's driving the ball down the field. Some injury news with Kyron Williams dealing with an ankle injury. Sounds like he's going to be out this week. He's done a great job filling in for Cam Akers. But I still like the Rams, even without Kyron Williams, to get the job done this weekend. I'm taking the Rams at home over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then probably the ugliest matchup of the week is the Green Bay Packers taking on the Denver Broncos. Broncos have been pitiful, even though if you look at the stats, Russell Wilson actually has like kind of like similar numbers to Patrick Mahomes this year. But, hey, Patrick Mahomes has Andy Reid. He's got Travis Kelsey. And he's also got the referees helping him out. <laughs> and that's why the Chiefs are 5-1 and, and the Broncos are 1-5. I think they fall to 1-6 this weekend. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers on the road up in Mile High. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, they got a matchup on Sunday against the L.A. Chargers. This is going to be your 125. Might be your Sunday afternoon Jim Nance-Tony Romo special. Should be a high-scoring game. Should be a shootout between Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. But for the same reason I picked the Cowboys on Monday night, I could just never trust the the Chargers to win a close game. Brandon Staley is going to find a fourth down conversion to Biff. Next thing you know, they'll end up losing the game. It's the same old San Diego Super Chokers, and that's why I'm taking the Chiefs this weekend over the Chargers. And then maybe the biggest game of the week, Sunday night football, it's the Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. Mike McDaniel who that's right Mike McDaniel taking on Jalen Hurts DeAndre Swift how about AJ Brown how about Devontae Smith how about Julio Jones who is now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles coming out of retirement not too sure how much of an impact Julio is going to have at this point of his career but still a big big body wide receiver one of the best possession wide receivers of our generation. And, and a guy that can maybe play underneath and maybe keep A.J. Brown in check. Dave, nice job pointing that out. I think he's just going to add more firepower to this offense. But we're talking about an offense with the Miami Dolphins that might have the best firepower out of anybody. They're the fastest team in the league. Look no further than guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Look at Tua Tagovailoa taking two steps back and throwing a deep ball downfield. And look at our guy Raheem Moster, the Mosterati riding the surfboard every week out in South Beach. He might be leading the league in touchdowns. I I don't know. I just threw that out there. But he's scoring two or three every single week. The Dolphins are clicking on all cylinders, but I'm still worried about that defense. So this is a game I might be flopping back and forth on. I kind of like the Dolphins here. And if we're looking for the Philadelphia Eagles and when they're going to lose games this year, maybe it's this weekend against the Dolphins. Their defense hasn't been playing as good. Their offense hasn't been playing as well. Lost both their offensive and defensive coordinators. I think this is a high-scoring game. Interested to see what the spread is. Maybe this will be one of Bobby Boucher's best bets. It's the Philadelphia Eagles, minus 2.5. If that gets up to 3, definitely I will go with the Miami Dolphins. And I might be taking them for the upset victory on Sunday Night Football also. And that is every single game from Week 7 of the NFL season, picking on the money line. We'll get you some of our Bobby Boucher's best bets on Friday where we're picking these games by the spread. But, hey, there it is. I went 13-2 last week out of 15 games. Out of 170 people, I'm in first place with all of our KMBR employees. Shout out to our former KMBR employee who I went head-to-head with on Monday night. Ended up in a victory for the Waterboy and me taking home a few hundred dollars. Maybe we'll get some more money in your pocket with these picks and with Bobby Boucher's best bets on Friday morning. But coming up next, we're going to check in with Murph and Mac, get their thoughts on the swing in Philadelphia Phillies. Get their thoughts on the Draymond Green ankle injury update and also get their thoughts on Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Trent Williams and their playing status for Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings. We told you we're picking the 49ers with or without McCaffrey. We'll see how that injury news plays out. Should get some good 49ers sound today. Murphy and Matt coming up on the other side. It's the Waterboy Marcus Boucher on KMBR 104.5 FM at 680 AM. The Sports Leader
3: catch KNBR at your crib on your Amazon Echo smart speaker. Now back to the leadoff spot on KNBR 104.5 and 680. The sports leader.
2: Alright, wrapping up the leadoff spot on a Wednesday morning. Fun show today. Shout out to my guy Overnight Dave back on the ones and twos. Talked a lot of postseason baseball this morning. Gave a quick injury update not only on the 49ers but also Draymond Green as we're only six days away from the start of the Warrior season. Who? And shout out to every Everybody checking in on the Golden State Lumber's and building material text on this morning on our newest segment, Water Boys Wednesday Water Cooler Picks. We went through every game in the NFL season, and it sounds like people like the segment. So hey, maybe we'll keep the bit. Maybe we'll work on the name. One name I know that doesn't need any work is the Murphy Mac Morning Show. My guy Brian Murphy getting situated.
4: Murph, what's up, my man? How you Sorry, doing? Sorry, I morning? tried to jump you with a Mike Jones on Draymond Green. Who? Mike Jones. I just want, I just wanted to say who? Nah, I'll, I just I'm just in. I'm just trying to get my warrior like my warrior brain. Dude, six days away. Like you said, Draymond, and I was like, McCaffrey, Debo, McCaffrey. Draymond?
2: Who? We got injury (laughs) updates on Draymond Green,
3: boys.
4: I know, so I got to fix. Hey, man, like you said, six days. So Waterboys Wednesday... Water cooler. What picks. can we do for Thursday? You just gotta do the same bit tomorrow, just change the name. That's yeah. it. I, I'm trying to think of all these different alliterations, like, but I, I, don't uh, have, I don't
2: have a T in my name. I don't know if yeah, it works. yeah. But don't
4: be like Taylor Swift. Don't saturate the market see, now, because I it. need my Marcus picks <laughs> on certain times and places and days. And, 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 and if you're and gonna start, thing, yeah, you Paul, gotta be careful.
2: Holy Mac, I'm trying to separate church and state. I don't want to
4: see you wearing a green sweatshirt at the next Jets game. You <laughs> so, know what I'm saying? So, so on Bo- Fridays we do is. Bobby
2: Boucher's best bets, which is usually our three best bets with a few other ones sprinkled in. But on Wednesday. I'm not doing Thursdays. Just Baby
4: Friday Bobby Boucher. No,
3: no, no. See, here's Baby the thing. Baby
2: Friday Bobby Friday Boucher. is for picks against the spread. Wednesday is for picks on the money line, just straight up picking winners.
4: As simple just as a that. degenerate, man. I think I, uh, yeah, uh, man, I think I might have sniffed out my kid might be getting into some of that. Mm, welcome. Yeah, Local. I'm a little, I'm a little. <clears throat> Murph, not only to all these kids, they all think they're GMs. They also think they're Jimmy the Greek. They do they're, the G- no, think they're Jimmy the Greek. There's no question. They uh, they're, they're looking for Earth Jimmy Cross. The no, they all think they're Jimmy the Greek. Greek. They're making calls. I mean, doing, they're talking spreads. And, and Murph, that's the craziest yeah, thing yeah. to me, especially Jimmy when when uh, yeah, sports yeah, yeah.
2: gambling did not get legalized in, in California. People were like, oh, what about the kids? What about the kids? Well, these kids are playing fantasy football, right? Yeah. All your kids play fantasy football? Yeah. You can legally play DraftKings and all these daily fantasy games. Yeah. You can even do prop bets through these fantasy websites, yeah. and somehow
4: that's legal. I know. But no one's worried about the kids then. I just, you know, oof. You want to raise a degenerate? Is that what I, you want to do? I, my, <laughs> my pops raised me. And look how you turned out, and buddy. look at me now. You turned out as a Raider fan and a Yankee fan, and, so I, and, turned and, and I turned out having my own show on fifty thousand bucks life, life ain't bad. Right. Life, life, life ain't bad. Feeling uh-huh. himself, yeah. I like uh-huh. it very much. Well, that's what happens when you go
2: thirteen and uh-huh. two and win the water cooler picks. I won like five hundred smackerunies this week. Well, sh- don't say you got to
4: report that to the IRS, but right, that's why I said Tax Smackaroonies. Down. It's not right, real yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know right. what you're right. talking about five hundred units. Yeah, I'm moving units. You don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. The New York Post had a guy named Honda. The New York Post had a gambling feature in their paper every day. Today, guy Hondo. His no kidding. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. He said Hondo. Yeah, Hondo, the, the the reason why you had to read Hondo every day was he always he picked like random stuff. Like NHL over unders. He would just go to that day's slate and find something. Like uh like yesterday he might have just gone like Aaron Nola's innings. Uh-huh. And St- strikeout uh, total or something. Like. Schwarber like, home runs, yeah, who you know, Schwerber knows? Schwerber in a way runs, this uh-huh. is going. Yeah. Total, total the Catch for to Hunter. Hondo was that he always referred to the dollar unit. He never referred to the dollar unit. You got to. He only used the last names of obscure sports figures. Oh, like for example, he would say like Hondo. Hondo thinks Aaron Nola's is hot. He'll go- Hondo takes the over on Aaron Nola's five and a third, and will lay down fifty. Petracellis. Ooh. On it. You know what I mean? Well, in that I case, I'd like to take a look at the Thursday night game, Murph. I'm thinking about throwing, I don't know, 75 to 100 for TUs down. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. the deal. I got that's 75 for TUs on this bad boy. So we can maybe take Hondo's lead yeah. and say, for you, uh, Waterboy, be like, you're going to lay uh, 35 Gannons. Ooh, on, that's uh, it. Oh, yeah. So boy, I, I need to go. No, he's not. I, yeah, he's... I, I might
2: lay down 44 Proctors this weekend. Proctor. <laughs> Proctor, or just Proctors. Wait, who's Proctor? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm telling you, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> this day, you know, exactly. F- Ford Proctor was a first baseman for the Giants oh earlier this season. God. Ford Proctor. Oh yeah, That's names. it. You did it. You That's won. it. That's it. You Murph. won the game. That's you it. Won the game. You won the game. <laughs> We're speaking units because Murph, as a man, I was taught two lessons by my dad: uh, never ask uh, a woman her age, and never ask a gambler how much money they're gambling. Very easy, good. Easy as that okay, no, oh, that's fine. I can deal with many, that. Uh, <laughs> how many
4: padlos? <laughs> how many padlos? Um, how many Proctors. babies are you throwing yeah. down this
2: weekend? That's the big question. We'll talk about it <laughs> on the Murphy Mac show this morning. You are listening to KMBR AM and from San Francisco, the sports leader at Cumulus Media station, and the Murphy Mac show starts right now.